Yeah, so we, I think we have a super diverse panel here. You know, Noel's got uh, eight locations around 10 million in revenue, and Hubert runs a platform looking at multiple investments. Eric's connected to hundreds of physicians, and you know, uh, Shane's grown to 40 locations in two and a half years. That's super rare. Uh, you know, um, Henry and I have like 100 plus friends in Forrest Bryant's like uh, dental group, high speed, and um, I don't think any of them have scaled to 20 locations, and they're all very successful. In every industry, people say, oh, well, in our industry, the team is really important. I know like everybody says that, but it's not only really important in our space. I feel like it's the number one bottleneck, more than new patients, more than money, is having excellent doctors, and then usually the practices grow, right? So, um, Noel, do you have any last comments you'd like to make or last insights um, you want to share with the room? Yeah, I mean, it's all about the mindset about these doctors, right? So when you understand, like, these guys, when we come in, like including myself, we are all mechanical mindset. We are engineers. And when we take that into account, we need to understand that how they operate. And when a private equity or, you know, uh, a venture capitalist come in, we kind of look at them like from a different view versus when we come in as a dentist or a doctor coming in and pitching the same thing. So with that being said, it all depends on their experience. And most of us, like we are single practice owners so with that being said, it's not something where they have an exit in mind at that time. And it's something that I'm trying to make them realize that once when you enter into private practice, they need to start having that kind of conversation with themselves. Like sooner or later, they need to exit. And what's the exit going to look like? Is it going to be sell, sell to a DSO or is it going to be, they're going to be growing their practice or just sell it to another dentist? So kind of understanding the mindset, I think, makes the investors a little bit more, let's say, you know, uh, educated like how and how to approach these guys and and what to offer them great thank you Herbert. yeah I would, I would just add on on structure um first of all there are so many different scenarios right there's single uh, office practitioners there are hospitalists so i mean even physicians you have to subspecialties generalists you have to really uh divvy that up a little bit when you're talking in general and there's some specialties that are prone to be more innovative risk takers. I mean, dentists are in that group, ER physicians, anesthesiologists, radiologists, surgeons. So, so there are different characteristics and different objectives you, you, you will want to meet when you approach some of them. But especially when you're talking to someone who is a, a single pr practitioner, then you need to have that in mind as far as your deal structure goes. One of the, I think deal structure is very important because when you come into a scenario where you might sell out to a hospital system or to a, a P group, uh, there are ways that you can help uh, physicians structure or hold on to bits and pieces of it and also sell bits and pieces of it. So generally, what physicians don't think about is that exit. So they, they're building and they want to practice, but there comes a point at which you need to um, unload that practice or that, that uh, a bunch of practices. And one of the best ways I've seen recently with another friend of mine that set up a deal is uh, to really set up its own entity for that uh, device and the income stream that comes out of that device. And there's a territory that gets sold off with the device and some exclusivity. So what that does is uh, that investment is whatever, in a quarter, let's call it a quarter million dollar, including the device and the territory and everything and support. But when it comes time for that physician to uh, have an exit, they can decide, do we want to hold on to that or sell it to somebody else? And so it, it allows that entity to be standalone and, and he or she could also decide, 
Well, I want to just sell that piece off that's now a half a million dollars worth because of the income stream that I've been able to build. And that, that, that's enough for, let's say, a, a mini exit for me because I want to spend more time in the practice, less, uh, less time in the practice, more with my family. So there are ways where you can set things up that make it really attractive. And, and physicians will really appreciate that. I think that, that will build a lot of trust. Uh, but again, it requires you to understand them. And I think if you can build that, in, uh, if you can build that type of trust, you can, you can really win in the long run because those are long-term relationships. Yeah, for sure. Structure is really everything. You could, you could bring in capital but have them in a different share class. They don't have the voting shares. You could form an MSO, DSO and build a platform value, but give investors equity maybe in single locations they help build, but backed by the collateral of the platforms, so they don't lose their money. Uh, many dentists and doctors own the real estate under their practice, and then as it grows, they sell the practice, but before they do, they sign themselves a 20-year lease and hold the real estate for the next 20 years as retirement income and let uh, inflation and appreciation do its job there. So uh, I couldn't agree more that the, uh, the structure determines everything, right? And so... When you come in and are looking to grow a business, buy a business, add a technology piece, add a product into an existing clinic platform, it's going to be hard for that physician, that provider to change. And so the most important thing in my standpoint is getting that continued buy-in. It doesn't end when the deal is done, when it's signed on the paper, when you handshake them on the agreement. It's the continual involvement to keep them bought into whatever you're doing that's the most important yeah for sure we got one question in the middle and we'll come back with henry and then uh, wrap it up for lunch go ahead thank you all very much robbie butler from y street capital my question is given that as actually this is based off of noel's comment that if you're looking to educate your investors especially as you're working with an investor whose primary income is dentist physician doctor of different sorts if that investor doesn't have sophistication on the macroeconomic side, they don't follow super cycles, they don't follow macroeconomic trends, do you all see that as valuable education for your, your limited investor partners as you're having conversations with them and bringing them through multiple deals and growing relationships? Is that useful information to them? Yes. I will tell you, I make my living speaking on stages in front of physicians doing macroeconomics, but you have to tie it back down to their day-to-day -day living. So Federal Reserve policy, S&P overlays, if they're doing this, this is what's happening. So you make sense of the economic world that they live in from a macroeconomic standpoint. Great. Thank you. Now, Henry, you want to share any last insights that you wanted to get across or anything that you're most focused on investment-wise? Uh, one point that I wanted to make, it kind of came up before, if, I, if I'm in a, you know, equity and I'm coming into a dentist as an example, I think the, the main thing that always resonated for me on both sides is the best line to say to this dentist is to say, listen, if, the, if we do this and a patient comes into your office, they're not going to know the difference. Nothing's going to change in their point of view because that's what's most important to a lot of you know, providers is they want the, the patient care to change. They have this mantra that everything's going to change, it's going to feel like big McDonald's. It doesn't have to be that way. And I think if you come across that from the investor point to the dentist point, I think that just hits home a lot. Great. And is there anything very specific that you're most excited to invest in in 2024 or that you want to source here in the room? I'm just excited for all the opportunities out there. Uh, I think somebody said it before, I'm a continual learner. I'm growing my family office. I always invest in things that I can explain to 
you know, my teenagers. So I like right. to keep it simple. And I, I love the real estate space and all the other things that are out there. Awesome.